much like another Badgers legend, Joe Thomas, who was enjoying being a fan and being a dad too much to join Jim Leonard's staff. The Badgers outsider, Derek Blakesley, enjoys being a dad and PDS too much to join Jim Leonard's staff. He also enjoys being with us, presented by PDS. Uh, that's an interesting segue. What's that? PDS. They've been providing technology solutions and transforming IT for area companies for over 30 years. PDS is giving today's worker the true ability to work from anywhere as they balance work and life. PDS wants to be your trusted partner in driving success with enterprise solutions, digital workplace platforms, and managed services that fit your needs. PDS Paragon Development Systems. Hi, Derek. How are you? Better to be a fan that's on the on the train to victory uh, than one on these these awful awful defeats. But of course, that was balanced with the uh, what happened with the Packers on Sunday. So I'm, as they say in Espanol, a C a C. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. A C a C. A C a C. It's great to see you uh, back on the show. I'm curious. Because there is joy in Mudville again because the Badgers have won and Graham Mertz threw five touchdown passes. And I don't want to be a negative Nelly, but I feel fairly confident that with Derek Blakesley coaching the team, the Badgers would have beaten Northwestern on Saturday. Yeah, well, it was it was the right opponent at the right time, but I, I was really happy for Jim. I was happy for the guys. Uh, clearly... We had, you know, you, you watch that game, especially along the front, uh, the offensive line specifically, and you can say, oh, the guys know what to do when they have the athletic ability to get to their spots. I mean, there was some, some guard play where we were able to shut the door on some inside runs and get our hips around and do some nice blocking, and some throws from Mertz where he was right on the money with wide open receivers. So you can see in the absence of a certain level of competition – you know, we, we can play. So it's just a matter of executing well and then being able to take those successful concepts and do that under duress, do it under pressure, perform, hit the, hit the receiver when they're, when they're a little, the window's a little more closed, or be able to make that block when the guy is coming at you um, with a little more strength, a little more speed than you saw against Northwestern. That'll be the challenge, and that's what we're looking for as the next uh, three or four games roll through. Uh, which is, you know, the key part of our season. We've got Michigan State, Purdue, Maryland, and then Iowa. So uh, a lot to be determined in the next four weeks, five weeks. Yeah, all right. So, Derek, I only was able to see highlights. They don't have Big Ten Network or Badger football on overseas. So tell me, what what was the biggest difference? Obviously, Northwestern stinks. But, again, as we said last week, Wisconsin stunk against Illinois. Jimmy Leonard comes in. You as the Badgers outsider, as a fan, the two biggest things you noticed about Jimmy Leonard's teams compared to Paul Chris were? One. Great question. Well, right away, immediate reaction was just Jim Leonard's presence behind the microphone, which is an important part of a head coach, uh, you know, before the game, after the game, his behavior during the game. I think. Paul Christ had a very successful tenure. There's no way you can say a seven, eight-year run isn't successful. But in the wake of that, 
seeing that energy that's provided by Leonard, a little more animation. As a fan, you want to be entertained. You want to feel like there's excitement. And I felt it was palpable in that empty stadium against a poor opponent that we were able to generate some buzz. And I like the way uh, Leonard is behind the microphone. It's a, it's a, a much bigger improvement. Secondarily, you noticed right away, I did see some tweets like, you know, free, free Bobby Ingram. It looked like there was a little more leeway on offense um, to do some things more create, creatively. What specifically? What are you thinking? Well, I mean, just the idea that we're, we're running Braylon Allen on the, on the Wildcat and throwing the pass. Uh, we're seeing more of the ball being thrown downfield. Again, that's against the backdrop of a poor defense and mm-hmm. Graham having some time. But we seem to open some things up and say we'll avail ourselves a little more risk given the idea that we're going to hopefully get some plays that are going to be more explosive and, and, and put points on the board, which we were able to do. So there's cautious optimism around increased energy in the program and perhaps a little more of a wide-open spread them out and sling it on first down in particular um, on the offensive side that could lead to some better production. All right, Derek. So Tausch made what I thought was a bold statement. Maybe Tausch doesn't think it's all that bold. Um, were you in London when you made this, or was it before you left? Maybe. I can't remember. Maybe. I don't know. Graham Mertz is embarking on his final three months at the University of Wisconsin. Agree or disagree, and why? I agree. I think, again, I, I did give some notes last week about what I'd heard before the season started, and I think that might have already kind of been in motion. I'm not sure. Um, Ooh. Don't, don't, don't reveal your that sources. That sounds insidery. That, Just that, wait a second. Yeah. That sounds insidery, not outside. Well, last week I talked about the other quarterback and what happened on Thursday. He left. I mean, so, I mean... <laughs> I, I, I think it was... Was that the one that was way overweight that you said? I, that's Yes. I mean, so th- there there's a lot... Of, people think these things happen overnight. They don't. But a, as a fan, as a fan... It's an outsider. And I, I'm sitting there, and you're like, well, if Mertz leaves, is is the kid from Franklin, again, who they'd like, but who who else do we have to play the position? And, and there's, there's that kind of feeling across the board. You know, we're real short at tight end. We're short everywhere. And then you read some of the... So the the content this last week about what was happening in the recruiting department. I mean, I thought a lot of fans like me and other people were just blowing smoke about recruiting. I mean, I'm picturing that there's an organized attempt to bring talent in. We got like a draft board and multiple. We're a multi-million dollar business. We're getting 70 million a year in TV. There's there's a lot of people with eyes on kids all over the country. We, we have a, a national effort to recruit. And then you come to find out in some of these articles, it was kind of like a quote where, Nobody, nobody really took the bull by the horns after Syed Khalif left. No, nobody just, it was just kind of the assistant sort of helped out, and we were sending out. It's like we were sending manila envelopes by way of Pony Express to kids to try to get them to play football here. So as a fan, that's where I was like throwing my hands up, like how much do you want us to shell out to go to these games when we don't think we're getting full effort in order to bring the talent we need in to be competitive? Um, and so that, that's the one thing that really struck me. Um, that is not a great look. Did, did some I, of those? Don't you guys agree? Did you, did you read that stuff, Jason? I was I like, did. I was like, what the hell? Um, who's, and, who's in charge down there? That's that's what I was thinking as a fan. It's just a very visceral. You want me to spend ten bucks on a beer? You want me to go down and spend a hundred bucks on a ticket? 
And you're not gonna you're not gonna try to add anybody to the roster. So when you ask me about if Mertz leaves, the next question is, what are we gonna do? Correct. And I'm not I'm not sure anybody's grabbed the bull by the horn. <laughs> Jimmy's got to make sure that that perception goes away. That's job one. Everyone has to understand that that part of the business is under control. So Joe Thomas passed on my offer to be the general manager for the football program, and there have been schools that are using that model with mixed results, right? I mean, Alonzo Highsmith is at his alma mater of Miami. There's a few other schools that have done it as well. It doesn't appear to be a foolproof way to go about this, but the bottom line is recruiting is the lifeblood of your program. And if we were questioning whether not having a dynamic personality as the head coach was an issue, maybe it sounds like that organizationally they need to do an overhaul and just figure out a better way to go about it. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a worthwhile conversation to have too, guys. Is like what is the job description of a big time division one college head coach right now? And I think the personality of the person that's in charge is important in kind of dictating that. But that clearly to me, from a division of labor standpoint, has changed. Where we're gonna trend towards folks that aren't so much diving into the X's and O's every week, so much as we're running the talent acquisition organization, and then we're gonna sanity check the game plan. Given the transfer portal, if it stays the way that it is, and given the NFL opportunities the way that they are concentrated in teams, like Tausch has talked about for many months about the haves and have-nots, you got to have plenty of players to reload with or you're going to be in trouble. And, you know, you can bring a four- or five-star kid in. It may or may not work out. You look in the South, there's a lot of four- or five-star kids that just don't work out. But if you bring enough of that talent in, you're going to get enough to fill the spots, and we're, we've just been short there um, overall, and it shows because you know what they're getting coached. You see what they can do. But then once the competition gets to a certain level, then the processing speed changes. At, along the offensive line, if you think about Mark Tauscher, our friend, the reason that Tausch, out of, the walk-on guy out of, out of nowhere, makes it to the NFL is he had incredible feet. And no one even saw that until Ron Wolf took a look at him and said, man, that's, that's magical. We've seen other players that have come in and been highly, highly recruited, big, strong kids, but for whatever reason, they don't have the balance. They don't have the feet, and you don't really figure that out for a long time. You know, the difference between like a Travis Frederick and a, and a Jonathan Oglesby or some of these other players we've had. Why, why does Gabe Karimi not quite make it for very long in the NFL, but um, haven't seen and some of these other guys do? It's, it's stuff that takes time to develop. So we need to bring enough talent in, critical mass. We need to reach critical mass that we can develop from there. Oh, critical mass! All right, so really, I guess from, mass. from a fans from a fans perspective, all the recruiting stuff. You love talking recruiting. No somebody, question. somebody in is, Wisconsin should. I, somebody, I should. understand. It's the lifeblood. Nick Saban will tell you that. Everybody tells you. But this season, what you saw Saturday, what we're hoping to see this coming Saturday in East Lansing, with just the change, the talent is going to be the talent. Can this team win the Big Ten West under Jimmy Leonard's leadership after what you saw Saturday? Does it make, give you a renewed hope, or is it Northwestern stinks, blah, blah, blah? What's the mindset from a fan like you? I do not have renewed hope in a conference championship. No. I do, I do however, have some hope that we're going to look better and we're going to play hard. We're not, I, I think that Jim... For Jim to earn this job, which I think he has a very, very, very good chance to do, it needs to look like the guys are out there giving it their all. 
And there are certain body language things that go into that, and I think he will lead with the way he behaves on the sideline, the way he talks about the team, and the way he discusses, you know, maybe just a little transparency would be a little better out of that group, too, to sort of answer some of the questions the fans have. Because I tell you what, I'm a garage beer-sipping, old-fashioned drinking guy. And when I sit back there and I have questions about the recruiting and all that over time, and nothing is said. It's just like, well, you know, we got it under control. Then you find out you don't. Now I start to question those things, and I want answers as we move along and we think about how much time and money we're going to invest in the football program. So, I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff I, I, I want. And I need to see the players excited for the opportunity. That's a Paul Christism. And looking to learn and grow, but to actually do it. And to see it and to feel it by the way it is on, and to compete in these games hard. I'm sorry. I'm watching you on the video chat, and I understand you're not as big as Farley, but with your hair slicked back and the glasses oh on, my God. No, and you getting all fired up like this, no. I feel I, like you're tr- you're about to dive onto one of the living room tables as you talk about critical mass. You know, I I saw John Candy was trending on Twitter yesterday, and I thought about you, Jason. I was like, oh, Jeep's creeps. I'm gonna have to come in and listen to Jason Will to defile me and probably my family. I'm just hoping to God you don't start Jeez. ripping on my wife here on the program. She, I would never. Do that. I don't she's, seem to. I don't she's a seem saint to, of a woman. You're probably friends with Murray, the Murray guy. You you don't. I don't. I just don't engender a lot of respect on the show. I don't know at what point. It's not how true many years, at all. It's not a size. How you know, what Murray you're talking? What Murray are you? Oh, uh, there's about? a guy. The first guy in four years of me doing this is not a big fan. I don't understand why. It seems I like don't everybody. Even, else I don't know what be. you're referring to. I'm sure it's oh. a guy that I blocked. Oh, you're for talking to some Twitter guy. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, right. I'm part of the new media Tausch. You're starting to really get into the UNO. You'll be hanging out at the Oakcrest. Talking about the scoring of the Wisconsin <laughs> University. Oh, I would love baseball. to hang out with OT. I love hanging out with OT. There's a couple of guys that actually know ball. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Carla would hang out with you. Uh, more with the Badgers outsider, but we've reached critical mass. We're going to move on for the Badgers. Talk about some other things with him instead as he sticks around. It's Will Deeds Tausch. The Badgers outsider on Wilde and Tausch is brought to you by PDS. Providing IT solutions and transforming IT for area companies for over 30 years. Find what solutions they can offer you at pdsit.net. was joking when I said the photographer, Mike Guy, whatever he was, last night at Monday Night Football, should call David Gruber. One call, that's all. Apparently he's setting the stage to call David Gruber. Yeah, he's going to get sued. From the Kansas City Police Department. The police report on the Devontae Adams incident last night. The victim is a photographer at the Chiefs Raiders game. Hey, I get to read on the radio. You can't beat it. At the end of the game, he was pushed to the ground, causing injury. He made arrangements for private transport to the hospital for treatment, at which time he called police. The injuries are preliminarily thought to be non-life-threatening. 
The incident will be investigated investigated by our assault unit detectives. Upon completion, they will coordinate with the applicable city or state prosecutor to determine any applicable charges. So that is the update from the Devontae Adams pushing incident at the end of Raiders Chiefs. Uh, but it is being investigated by the Kansas City assault unit detectives. I mean, that... that- that he is was wrong. Ridiculous. Let me be very clear. He was wrong to push the guy. Yeah, but let me let me tell you what's wrong. What's wrong is is that after a, a professional football game, and, and those players need to have a clear path. Like, get out of the way. Like, don't even. They need to be protected. You're, it's a very intense enterprise to be involved in an NFL football game. There's no. They those players need to be protected. And for people that wonder why, you know, you comment. Oh, you know this this athlete or this pro athlete is a jerk, and they're they're not fun when I see them someplace. Or they're not. this is why part of that reason is they have to protect themselves from us, the public, because we do we do stupid things, they do stupid things, and the consequences for them are much more severe. They now Devontae's got to deal with this. I mean, he shouldn't have pushed the guy, but the guy shouldn't be there. They they should have a clear path after a contest. To get off the darn field. And now we have to do, I mean, that's what you just read there. With every sentence, it got worse and worse. It's the worst of us as people. Again, we live in a litigious society. A non-life-threatening injuries, though, was my favorite part of that report. All right, so, Jesse, you're an avid follower of the Badgers Outsider on Twitter, correct? Nah. Oh. Wow. <laughs> He's just mad because I caught him hogging down pothole pizzas at a gas station. Yeah, I wake up. I'm enjoying my Sunday morning, getting the mimosas ready, and all of a sudden. Oh, you I saw get him a, again? A, no, I get a Twitter notification oh. that just. You says, have your notifications on for what Derek tweets? Yeah, when anyone tags me, I like to know when people are talking about me, Jason. I'm not as big a deal as you, but Derek, uh, I see this notification from the Badgers Outsider, and it says. Uh, sample ladies of the world, beware. Jesse Nelson's on the loose this morning. Dude. <laughs> now that's, I hey, think, is this Twitter trick? Because that's treasure. Uh, that is treasure from the Badgers Outsider, if that's what we're playing here. I had a, oh. I had a good mind. I, I got a, there's a new, you know, big Costco. There's big, big retail where I think anywhere within a, a 10 minute driving big radius retail. for me that I could go out and perform public service and say, look, there's a guy that might be on be coming around today, and he might get it. He might get into you for more than you're willing to give up. You got to look at him in the eye and say, "Hey, hey, that's enough for today." You go ahead, pick up a dollar fifty hot dog on the way out. Get yourself a flat screen TV. Maybe pick yourself use the free AT, whatever. We we can't have that here. We can't have entire pizzas being consumed for no money and all the all the sanitation issues that come along with it. And so. I just wanted to give a heads up to people that Jesse Nelson would be loose in public. All right, Derek, before we let you go, what's the, what were your thoughts on the 830 kick? Because Jesse didn't like it, supposedly, even though it looked like those scones you made looked very good, Jesse. But or, were you a fan? Did you like it? Because I feel like most Packer fans liked it. Yeah, as a, uh, again, you know, bringing the, the fan perspective, especially with people with kids, that, that time of the morning is all about staging. You know, you're staging, you're getting your shin guards ready for soccer, you're getting your you know, ball gloves ready or the football. Breezers. Breezers. 
And so it was awesome to have the Packers game on at that time because it did coincide with breakfast and getting things going. And it's, it felt like a it felt like it was a treat. It felt like a real treat until it didn't. And the second half kind of bled into some of the other athletic contests I was watching. And but I did watch it on my phone uh, as we sort of imploded there on offense, and that you know we we went sideways. I liked it though overall. I loved it. Thought it was great. Derek, we love it when you join us. I think we will know more about your uh, retooled interim head coached Wisconsin yeah, I, Badgers after next yeah, week. Yeah, in, in, just to close it, I would say I'm really interested to watch us play the next three games. This Michigan State, Purdue, and Maryland run is going to be interesting. I'm into it. So I'll be watching um, bell to bell here, and I, I wish best of luck to Jimmy and the team. I, I hope we turn it around. All right, and don't push anybody in that's standing in your way on your way to the sample lady because you could face uh, assault charges I, like Devontae Adams. I could have been that cameraman, and Jesse Nelson was Devontae Adams, and that it, it could have happened to me. But I, I held firm, and I had balance. That's you can get the uh, the fried chicken sample. It's a, <laughs> I mean, it's a coveted item. Well, there's no, pothole, there's no pothole pizza left in Wisconsin. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. Thanks, guys. Uh, Tausch. I don't know what Derek had at his uh, pregame spread, nor do I know what Jesse had, but I know if you had had one because you were stateside, you probably would have had some Tito's included. Uh, There's always Tito's for me. And, again, over in London, Tito's lemonade, Tito's cream. It was warm, 70-some degrees, so lemonade could have been back up. But it's Tito's handmade vodka distilled from corn and certified gluten-free. Our guy, Tito Beverage, built his very own micro distillery. In Austin, Texas, and he continues to produce award-winning, smooth American vodka right down there for over 25 years. Tito's has won unanimous judges' toys, double gold medals at the World Spirits Competition, amongst many other awards. And you know what? I don't care if you're flying east to west or west to east and it takes another three hours for you to get home. You know what still tastes great and is smooth? It's Tito's. You can visit titosvodka.com for other recipes, videos, and to hear more about Tito's story. The 11 o'clock hour will begin with something that was on Get Up. And that leads us to know that Tausch is back in the United States because he's watching Get Up again in the morning. That's to start the 11 o'clock hour, which begins in two minutes. So stick around. It's Will D. Tausch.